2: LaFondra looking to get side of away from David! 3-1 running! Three points ready! Hello, welcome
0: to the Empire Rules Podcast, supported by Blue Collar Street I'd love to say that today is a you know downbeat show because we've lost and just copy from what Paul's been saying for the last eight weeks. But actually, it's uh, positive news despite the fact that we lost at Preston yesterday because Paul Ince has now been sacked. As manager of Reading FC. We're not going to discuss that too much in this episode. Uh catches on the next episode. We're going to talk about ints getting sacked a little bit more. Uh this is more of a look back at the Preston loss yesterday. Um I've been joined by Matt Lansley. You were at Deepdale yesterday. Immediate thoughts, Matt.
1: Um on the ints on the in sacking. Both. Yeah. Um in sacking about time, relief, happy, joy. And the Preston um, game.
0: Oh, God, let's get this out of the way with. Oh, well, that sums it up. Um, Paul, yesterday's loss wasn't great once again.
2: It was classic, us, wasn't it? It was uh, absolute dog shit for most of the match. Somehow we get a goal, which was great by Big Kelvin. Uh, well done to him. Uh, no blame associated to him. And then we managed to cock it up in the last seconds. It's Classic RFC, isn't it? But as we know, there is a little glimmer of hope. But we will talk about that more on the uh, Knicks podcast. So, yeah, Preston.
0: Yeah, let's let's get this one out of the way, I guess. Um, It was kind of classic Reading away performance, Matt, really, wasn't it? I mean, the first half was, to put it bluntly, a shambles. And it, how we got to 0-0 at half time, I God only knows. It was classic Paul Lintz football in the first half, but I mean
1: it started off even worse because I mean the parking around Preston was dreadful. I mean, I I, I feel sorry for you when you know having to drive around all those little back roads, being stuck by a car every five metres, seemingly, because it was all terrace housing. Um started off quite badly for that, just made kickoff. Kind of wish we didn't. Um, because yeah, the first half it was just like I, I just I don't understand. Like, and it's it's the nice thing now again, knowing that Ince is gone. But I mean, it was just a hallmark of Ince's tenure. Um, the the, the first half. Um, uh, yesterday because there was no plan, no thought. Players didn't know what they were doing. Scott Dan and Tom Holmes. Uh, no, just not Scott Dan. It was um, Sarah and Tom Holmes were all over the place. Scott Dan was actually relatively okay, but Saar and Holmes were all over the place. Yedam. Was being beaten every single time they went down the left. No, no one knew what to do, and it was just constant pressure, pretty much from from Preston for the entire first half. I can't even remember how many shots we had in that first half, but probably
0: we two. had one in the first two. Yeah. I think in the first half, one was an Andy Carroll header, um, and I think Guinness Walker had a shot from about fifty-five yards or something. Oh yes, which, which went, went somewhere into the back the stand.
1: Mm, yeah. But it, it, it just summed up Paul Lintz at Reading FC in 2023, to be honest. Um, yeah, it was just sad watching it because you could feel Preston coming forward and you could feel the goal coming from Preston when, when it eventually came.
0: It, it was kind of, Paul, the first half particularly was another kind of game where we've made a team look a bit like, you know, peak Barcelona under Pep Guardiola
2: really, wasn't it? Yeah, but he can do a better job at Reading, um, as we found out afterwards. Um, <laughs> we've got to remember that, that Pep or uh, Klopp were definitely. Yeah, I mean, we were just absolutely shocking. There was nothing. We didn't seem to know what to do with the ball, without the ball, or just no plan, no cohesion. It wasn't that the players weren't trying. I, I don't believe that. I think the quality is low that we've got currently in the squad, but. Yeah, I mean, Preston were probably playing at 50% in that first half, and they still looked what so much better than us, Alex. I mean, it wasn't even close. How they managed to not be winning half time was uh, yeah. a reflection on them more than us, I would say.
0: Yeah, I mean, the first half, I don't think they had a ton of chances in the box, but, I mean, they missed a header from five yards out, which they put wide after about 15 minutes. Multiple times, I mean, we had a goal, they had a goal line clearance. Lumley was all at sea for a corner, and Guinness Walker kind of saves him by clearing off the line from a corner. Um, was there a shot Matt, from
2: Cannon as well that went wide as well? Yeah, there was a shot which yeah. went
0: just wide from Tom Cannon. I, and I mean, as Matt said, it you could tell no one knew where they were meant to be or what they were meant to be doing, right? And it, well, it, you, it, you, you,
1: you, you could also tell that there was no plan from Ince on how to counter. Preston, yeah, I mean, know, the, it was... that,
0: that's summed up by the fact that we did get one good counter during the first half. Guinness Walker made a great run out of, out of iron third into into their half, played the ball across to Andy Yardom. Carroll just about makes it into the box um, and Yardom tries to cross it from about 30 yards and he puts it miles and miles away from anybody um, and out for a goal kick. And it was just, that was about as good as it got. It was really poor. Um, all of the midfield sat on top of the defence. We basically played 8-0-2 for the first half. And it's not a formation I ever want to see again, really. It's, it was it was just horrendous. And as much as I don't want to dig players out, particularly, uh, I feel like Dom yesterday, the first 60 minutes, up until we conceded, I don't think I've watched a worse performance than that. Yes. Every single time the ball went down his side, he got beaten. He had no idea where he was meant to be. It was really, really poor from him all game. I thought up until up until basically they scored.
1: Yeading was shocking. You know, there, there, there's you can't put any, you know, you can't polish it up anyway. I mean, if I mean, we discussed it on the way back. If if you know if that was Chris Gunter, you know, in seasons gone by, y- y- you you'd be absolutely well. Fans would have been pelting him. It, it it was one of the worst, most inept performances I've seen. As we said, he was being beaten every single time. He didn't know where he needed to be. Going forwards, he offered nothing. The one time he was forwards, that cross was shocking. You know, it, it was that, that there was no redeeming factor of his performance yesterday.
0: I think we pretty much turned up the first half wasn't very good there, Paul, in all honesty. So let's move on to the second half where, you know, things didn't really get any better. No, Preston um, up their levels, didn't they, in the second half? Yeah, they did that immediately. Yeah, They did. Me, me and Matt said, as the second half kicked off, so what minute are Preston going to score? And I went with 53, and he went with, I want to say you went with 55 or 57? I went, I went 55, yeah. So we were one minute out because Preston finally, you know, broke the deadlock
1: at the 56th minute. I hate um, how much I've been right so far when with, with, with some of these goals were, that we've predicted when we've been oh, at you games. You could have made
0: a fortune this season predicting against Cardiff.
1: Cardiff have got the player right as well. At least I didn't <laughs> go with the player as well for this one.
0: Yeah, so Tom Cannon opens the scoring after 56 minutes. Had to make sure I didn't give Lansley the credit for the minute there. And, Paul, it's another goal where basically the ball's just been played completely in between the wing-back and the centre-back, and the ball's got cut across the area... And no one's marking the, the goal scorer.
2: It, no. it feels like so many of our goals this season have just been cut cutbacks across the area. Well, the good thing about it is that Cannon, nobody would have heard of him recently because he's been bang out of form. I mean, uh, it's just incredible, isn't it? We just see this week after week the players that we know are going to affect us. They do. It's it's some of it is because we're not very good. That's you know, pretty apparent. You're not in the situation where we are by accident. Even without the point seduction, now would be in a bad place. But it's so obvious what was going to happen in that second half. Just they upped their game, they upped their tempo, the speed of their passing, and we just couldn't deal with it. We didn't even take that long for it to happen. And yeah, good finish by Cannon. Um, you gotta say, fully deserved for Preston. Yeah. It's just so depressing watching us. It really is. Um, You just knew it was coming and I'm sure you both, like you said, you could tell it was going to come when you were there, but why do we do nothing to stop it? Why do we do nothing? I mean, you can look at like the manager and everything, but it's so frustrating and hopefully that will change over the next few weeks and months and whatever next season. But the players have to take some responsibility as well, don't they? They've not been good enough as a whole unit for many years. No, they 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 haven't, you know. That's that goes without saying.
1: It's like the I mean the, the the actual cutback when you when you watch it, what Loom is doing in the midfield, I do not know. Um, you know, it leaves it leaves Cannon open on the penalty spot. Um Guinness Walker tries to come over and make a tackle, but by doing so, he's left Potts, you know, completely free at the back post. So even if it's saved, it might even fall to him. It's it's just it's it's crazy. And I'm not trying to say it's Guinness Walker's fault on that because you look at you look at the midfield, and I mean the midfield was anonymous again for about all three, four... of, the
0: midf- all three of the central midfielders on that goal are basically stood on the edge of the penalty mm. box, Watch and you. they all see the ball coming in and. By the time the ball goes in, none of them have really got any closer to the ball or the goal scorer.
1: But um, the the, the most frustrating thing.
0: What's the point in them defending if they're not actually going to track runners into the box?
1: I, I just don't know what's going on in Liam's mind for this goal because if, if, if he's kind of... A bit more, kind of in position, and not kind of where he's sitting. Or maybe if, if if he even puts his head up and sees where where one the player on the left is running to, and two where Cannon is in front of him, he could run into where the channel is played and actually break up the play and stop that ball from getting to Cannon. The the ineptitude from Loom in that goal is off the scale. It is so bad from Loom on that goal. And but like like sadly, we've seen it a hundred times this season with Loom. I mean, he's he's a dreadful footballer. How he's ever got a contract at Porto, I do not know, to be honest, because he's he is utterly shocking, utterly shocking. And yesterday was just him through and through for that goal. He didn't
0: make it to the end of the game, though, Loom. Uh, we made a triple sub at 70 minutes. Loom came off, Holmes came off. And basically, I think this was a roll of the dice from Paul Lynch because Andy Carroll came off as well. And we essentially went 4-2-4 for all... Like, for all you could tell, we basically were playing four forwards, Fauna, Zhao, Big Kelvin, Ian Bisherman, don't know how you say his name, going with Big Kelvin, uh, and Aziz on the right-hand side. And although it was four strikers, there is zero chance, Paul, that they had any idea what they were meant to be doing. Because how often do you go to a training session and the manager goes, right, lads, we're going to train today. When we're one 0 down and I put on four players up front, this is what we're going to do. How? What are they meant? I don't like. I don't imagine that they've ever tried to prepare for that scenario before.
2: No, no preparation doesn't seem to be a key point of the Ince era when we look back at it in any way or form. But let's just absorb that one moment in his final match as manager. He substituted Andy Carroll. That was the moment heard. when we knew the tipping point had come. We knew you should
1: have heard the jeers ge- in the crowd. I mean, Alex and I said it. Um, it, it was quite amusing, the, the, like because it was all like you say. It was almost like this is this hasn't happened. I mean, what, I, I don't know the stat, Alex.
0: The last, the, yeah, I think it's the last ten games that he's been available. He's played ninety minutes in every single one of them.
2: And the and thing frankly. is, as much as you're saying that, Matt, it's not even a slight on Andy Carroll, is it's it? It's not. No, no he's become an he's easy target. Everything. Yeah, yeah. I, he's I don't target. it's, easy it's not about Chris. him. It's about the style of football that he's created by being on the pitch. Because I think, I mean, you look at the last few games, I'll take out yesterday when he didn't do anything at all, but then that's a lot of the players. Before that, in the previous three games, he'd had an impact. I know we could all say like the style of play, like I've just said, you know, is it worth it? I don't know. But from his own point of view, he scored a couple of goals and he's got an assist. But yes, um, Getting back to the point about uh, bringing all those players in one go, it was desperation. Clearly, I mean, I understand that because the situation is so dire for us. I mean, but seeing us actually attack, and we did look marginally better, I would say.
0: As soon as we, as soon as we made the subs, we started trying to play football and we put the ball on the ground.
2: It's like we can attack if we wasn't.
0: It wasn't good. I like. I think we need no, to no. just put this into perspective, though. It's like it wasn't suddenly like we were playing great football, but it was like we kept the ball on the ground, and all of a sudden it was like, oh wait, actually we can do, we can pass the ball a little bit, and we don't just have to like, you know, let the other team keep the ball for ninety minutes. And you wonder when you play like that, and you see you watched us play, like, why haven't we done that previously? It's the same against when we played Birmingham uh, on on Good Friday. And we started playing the ball on the ground for the first 10, 15 minutes. And then it just kind of vanished and disappeared. And you wonder what what's what was ever stopping that happening? It's, it's almost
1: like the objective of football is to score more goals than the team you're playing against, right? I know that's an alien concept. It's a baffling concept. I quite don't understand it myself, to be honest. But, you know, if, if you score more than your opposition, you might win a game. I, I can't I can't get my head around that one personally, but yeah, it's a, it's a it's a funny one.
2: We did it equalize it. Matt. If you draw them all, you end up with 46 points. Oh, so. you know, yes, yeah, but, know. but
1: but unfortunately you can't draw every game nil-nil when you've not kept a clean sheet since December 10th or whenever it was. So it's a
2: good point. But we should move on to the goal anyway, Alex. I mean, good luck to Big Kelvin because that was a lovely header and it's nice to see an academy player come in and have an impact. He's tweeted afterwards. It was a bittersweet day. But for him, it's a, it's a great day, isn't it, to get a goal?
1: The I, I, I'd just like to point out the final irony, I think, actually, of this game was that Ince's final goal was a long throw-in, of which we have, like, we, we've not even really fashioned any chance from a long throw-in in Ince's entire time here. No matter how... I'd love to see the stat of how many we've actually tried. It must be in the 200s by now. But his final goal was from a long throw-in, and also a player who he didn't really ever want to give a chance on the pitch in Kelvin.
0: And we didn't have Carol or Holmes on the pitch when it happened, which is just ridiculous uh, when you think the about it. Yeah, it's it's incredibly ironic. It, yeah, good for good for um, good for Inibish, I think mean, to get to get an opener for for the club, and it, at that point. I don't know. It felt like maybe it was the 83rd minute. To me, it felt like maybe Reading could like smash and grab. Um, Aziz had a, a really good opportunity, Matt, um late on. And the keeper makes a, a save. I think Aziz shoots from about 10 yards or so. But as has been the case many times this season, Reading managed to lose late on. And this is the third time away from home that we've now lost an in injury time. And Paul. It's a set piece which, firstly, never really we needed to give away. Fauna is completely panicked and kind of shanked a clearance with his non existent left foot um, and given away a corner. But then the corner itself comes across and Preston win the first header at the back post and it comes back across into the six yard box. And you think, you look at the picture, like I've looked at the highlights again today and I looked at it and thought, That's a lot of Redding players in the six-yard box there. Surely someone's going to win that. Uh, Oh, wait, no, it's in the back of the net. Great, cool. 2-1, we've lost.
2: Yeah, it had a feeling of inevitability about it, didn't it? Um, As soon as we gave away the corner in such a comedy way, you think this would just about sum up our season. I mean, you're always thinking that as a Redding fan, aren't you? You always think the worst thing's going to happen. But, oh, dear, 2-1, Potts with the late winner. 92nd minute, 93rd minute and you're thinking it's just too much this is just too much to deal with us as, as a fan Um, we play horrible football the manager we don't want the atmosphere at the club is toxic we're now two points adrift it's just absolute shit fest isn't it there not it theres nothing positive to take out of supporting Reading until like a little bit later on in that evening but Matt you're there, the atmosphere must have absolutely sunk on that one. It was yeah,
1: yeah, it was well, I mean, to be fair, after the first goal, you know, there was chance of ints out again, you know, like you don't know what you're doing. Um, it, it's it's dejecting. Following Reading FC away is it is turgid, it is
0: horrible. I, I will say after after the second goal, the first goal I've like met was right, definitely was and there was a lot of anger after the first goal, but after the second goal, it was almost just no reaction. Mm-hmm. To it at all because it was almost just like people's i mean the the, you saw the official account tweeted it was heartbreaking and that's maybe the wrong word but it definitely felt at that moment it was just like oh this is this is going one way and one way only at this point now Um, like
1: like the, the the comical thing is in the actual goal again it's just a it's just a just a um barrage of errors you know, from from players, Yedem gets absolutely flattened by pots for the header. Lumley is again running around like a dog off a leash on a corner, and, and 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 it's put in. How many times have we seen goals like this and goals like that that come late? It's just chaos. That there is no organisation, and again, it just goes back to the the point around the managers and the coaching, and it's just been a hallmark of Vince's time, right, uh, his, for, for his time at the club
0: thankfully we can move on from it uh you know going forwards we did ask some questions yesterday obviously unfortunately some of the questions that people have asked are maybe are a little bit out of date now but we did get some good questions which are some reading related some non-reading related so we'll, we'll kind of go through um here we've got paul non-reading related question
2: for you what is your favorite airport easy valencia you can get a meal deal that involves beer Can you ask for anything more in life? What more do you
1: want? That's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Valencia
2: is going to be on everyone's holiday destinations now. (laughs) I don't think it's unusual for Spain, but uh, I I love Valencia. So, yeah, it is Valencia. Okay, Matt, one for you.
0: Um, Thoughts on Mark Bowen's role in allowing Ince to stay this long? Bearing in mind the statement that we saw this morning. Uh, which kind of indicated maybe it wasn't just mark bowen's decision
1: i think i mean we we've talked about it it's been talked about on twitter facebook for quite a while now i think bringing the mood back down a bit he's got to take some of the blame for this you know um i mean john percy tweeted last night obviously that you know talks happened after the the birmingham game what why why was action not taken there you know, to to actually get rid of him. If you're going to get rid of him, why didn't you do it then? Give us a chance for that Preston game. You know, we, we might have still lost, but, you know, you, you had to make the, the change at the latest then, um, you know, or over the international break, give us a chance for Bristol and Preston away. Two of the easy, oh, I say easier in in light terms, because obviously Preston are pushing for playoffs, but, you know, you look at, you know, you've got Burnley coming up, Luton coming up, top like teams at the top of the table you know you had to give yourself a chance in those games which you could have won and they didn't so he's got to be partly culpable whether or not it's all his decision we don't know that but you know you've got to kind of ask a few questions it's kind of his first big decision he's had to make at least he's made it now rather than leaving it to the end of the season when we would have probably definitely been relegated with in in charge. But, yeah, questions have to be asked around why it took so long,
0: that's for sure. I'm sure people will be questioning him at the uh, the event happening at Blue Collar later on this month. Paul, would he still be in charge if Preston hadn't nicked an injury time winner? It's one that Anthony asked on uh, on Twitter.
2: Now, that is uh, an interesting one, isn't it? Because, yeah, we don't know, do we? It, I guess it's not impossible because in the John Percy Interview interview, article. It said that um, even after the Birmingham game, they were considering it, and they decided to continue. So, if we were say one point away from safety, still maybe he'd still be here. I mean, we don't know what it is. Is it the football? Is it the style? Is it the results? Is it him? Is it the ways we've been laughing and joking afterwards? We just don't know. But yeah, I guess it's not impossible. He could still be here.
0: I think it's a mix of all of those things. But you know we don't, obviously don't we don't obviously don't know. Uh, Matt, one football related one for you here. What is the best scran in the championship if you're on an away day?
1: There's not even a doubt in this one. it's Hull Hull City. Um, not, not often there's probably a good or a thing that you could say that is good when you go to Hull, but go to go to the away game. Street food in the concourse. it is brilliant. Um, I was gutted that I, I, I was going to get some when we went there at half time and they'd sold out of everything. So maybe a little down mark for that, you know, uh, prepare for prepare more food for the uh, thousands of Reading fans that make that annual
0: pilgrimage to Hull City. I will um, back that up. I had a cracking pulled pork burger before the game
2: this year. It's, it's brilliant. And the pricing is good as well. <clears throat> Does it make up for hearing you're getting mauled by the Tigers, though? That is the question, isn't it? No, oh, this year no. we didn't know. This year we beat That's... them away, so it was okay. <laughs> I know that um, that, that um, chant really winds up, Matt, so I just thought I'd bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's
1: one of those that, uh, along with the Millwall Mill chant, just oh, just annoying. There'd it, it, be ones I'd love if I was on the other side of
0: it, I'm sure, but um, yeah, get Paul, them out. A non, non-football-related one. We'll do two more questions here. Uh, what time of day is too late for coffee, asks Matt. Where
2: do espresso martinis start to come into play? Well, you see, this is the question that we had discussed before. A... It depends if you're drinking alcohol, because if you're drinking alcohol, the booze counteracts it. But for me, coffee, you can't go too late, because otherwise I can be in a bit of an issue. I can start to think like, you know, I'm going to take over the world and kind of like my brain's going at 3000 miles an hour. So I would say my tipping point for me is like four o'clock. I mean, that might be controversial in the world of EPR listeners, but um, uh, let us know your thoughts, because this is a big topic. Don't you agree, Alex?
0: I, yeah, I do agree. I think if I'm, out, if I'm out of the house, I think 3 p.m. If I'm at home, I think maybe I'll go a bit earlier. I'm more of a morning coffee person if I'm at home, but if I'm out of the house, I might go a little bit later. I might go 3 p.m., 4 p.m. If I'm at home, anything after lunch, I'm just not not really feeling it. Uh, last question. Yesterday, we heard in the interview, Paul, from Paul Lintz, that any manager in the world would struggle currently if they had eight first-team players out. And that if you had Pep Guardiola, Jürgen Klopp in charge, they would struggle currently at Reading FC. Who would be more likely to keep us up
2: in the division? Pep Guardiola or Jürgen Klopp, asks George. Uh, well, compared to uh, Paul Ince, I'd say Kermit the Frog. But um, I'm not sure. Sure. Probably Jürgen Klopp would be more fitting for us. I I I don't know. I don't know, Matt. What do you think? I'm not sure our players are up to the tick attacker. I don't think they've quite got the technical ability of maybe a Jack Grealish, you know, mm. or a Foden. Not no. quite there yet.
1: No, it's um even though Jeff Hendrick is good, he's not quite um, you know, Rodri or uh Ilkay Gundogan in the midfield is he? Um, no, practice. I can't. Okay. It's 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 <laughs> close, admittedly. Yeah, um, but um, I kind of feel I, I kind of feel Jurgen Klopp would would do the rallying the troops better in our current situation. Just more you of know. a
0: firefighter, is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, like like, like I feel Pep Guardiola would need a pre season with these players to, to to get them playing. They need time tackle. to adapt. That's time that. to That's, adapt. Exactly. That would be the
0: problem that that Paulin's has, has given Pep Guardiola yeah. or Jurgen Klopp. There, they they don't have the time to adapt. But Um, I would say Jurgen Klopp.
1: I would say Jurgen Klopp, I think.
0: I'm going to get Guardiola, just a better manager, I think. But I'll get pelted for that one, I'm sure, afterwards. Um, I think that's it for this, really. We'll go and talk about a happier subject now because we don't want to sit and discuss Reading losing anymore. Um, If you've enjoyed today's podcast, drop us five stars on Spotify or iTunes and a review It's lovely. And we'll be back to discuss the Burnley game, previewing it later on this week, but also catch up on our ints Out Hunt In podcast, which has just been put up now. So you should be able to go and listen to it straight away. Cheers.